Power and Praise Ministries. Please join us at Power and Praise Ministry at 7.15 p.m. on Thursdays for our Bible studies and Sunday mornings at 8.15. Come be a part. Come grow with us as we grow with you. When we were at the women's conference, one of the worship leaders, she said something that really stuck with me until this day I still remember this story. Her story was simple. She said that she was going through life as a Christian and as a worship leader. On the outside, everything in her life looked perfect. To the church, everything just looked like everything was adding up. But on the inside, she was dying. And she said, being the worship leader, no matter what, she still had to get up every Sunday and energize these people to come into the presence of God. If anybody understands what a true worship leader is, they're the ones that usher the spirit so that when the pastor or the speaker get up, it's able to flow for the people to be able to receive it. So her job is very important. So even though she had to do it, she said, I still got up every Sunday and I, you know, motivated the people. But even as I left the stage, I still felt dead on the inside of me. And as I got her praise um, worship book and I read it, and the more you read it, she took each day that she journaled. And as she journaled, she began to read praise and worship scriptures and she released it. And as she did that, it, God began to show me that she pressed her way through that comfortability. See, so many times as Christians, we find our place, we understand the position of what God has called us to, but then we begin to become comfortable with it. And on the outside to everybody else, we look like everything, we got it together and we're perfect, but on the inside of us, we're really dying. On the inside of us, we're barely holding on by a stream because we have became so comfortable in this position that it's like, well, maybe this is all he wants from me, but God requires us to grow and to blossom. But see, our comfortability make us stay in that position. And so when we get to certain parts in our life, we find ourselves stuck. And this is where I found myself. I found myself stuck because, see, a lot of times with working with youth, it's an up and down motion that you go through. Because one minute you will feel like you're pouring everything into them and they're receiving what you're saying. And then at a moment, you feel like you're losing them. And see, I can see in this month, God began to show me the ones that I thought I was losing was the very ones that was receiving what I was in, thought they weren't getting. But if I would allow my comfortability to keep me there, I would not move. See, everybody know we got the Harvest Fest and everything coming up. When it was a back to school blast, I was on it. But this last month, I just kind of sat back, took my time. And I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally, when God made me read this scripture, he woke me up out of my comfortability. Because I realized I didn't want to be that person that forgot my fire. I didn't want to be the person that forgot the very reason why I fell in love with Jesus. I didn't want to be the person that forgot the very reason why I ran to the church. And I feel like this even ties in with the giving because our giving dictates how we feel about Christ. See, if you're in a comfortable position, you hesitate to give. You don't care what time you show up to church. You don't care if you're at Bible study. You don't care if you miss it because you're in a comfortable state where you feel like I got it together. I'm not sinning, I'm doing things, everything right. I'm just, you know, I'm comfortable, I'm flowing. I ain't doing nothing wrong. I ain't doing nothing that everybody says blunt and sin, I guess you would say. So you begin to become comfortable and it began to make sense to me. I said, okay, God, forgive me. I had to repent because I realized where I was wrong in this scripture. Because to everybody else on the outside, I may seem like I got it together and I'm on fire for Christ and I got everything in me. 
But on the inside, I'm, I'm holding on by a string. I'm holding on by a string because everything around me could tell me that I'm failing and everything around me could tell me that I'm not progressing in the purpose and the calling that he has given me is not manifesting. So you hold on to a little bit of faith and that little bit of faith keeps you in that comfortable position. We're going to be coming out of Revelation chapter 3, 1 through 6. Revelation chapter 3, starting at 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is also dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly and unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask as we begin to dive into your word, Lord Jesus, that you will open up our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you will allow us to receive what you're saying to us today, Lord Jesus. Let us be, uh, let our ears open for the Spirit to enter in, Father, so that you can take us where you're trying to take us, Father. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So he starts this off letting you know that there's so sevenfold spirit. And you know, pastors say it a lot, that's a whole nother study within itself because it's different functions in the spirit that each and every one of us can function in, but sometimes when people tell us certain things, we only think that we function in one spirit and that's it. But the next thing, if you understand anything about Revelations, when he said, I'm writing to the angel of the church, the first thing that he is doing is he is correcting the head of the house. So as we know, God has already came in and pastor had to preach about giving to line us up because he had to deal with pastor first about giving. So, and if he wasn't obedient and released what God said to do, then that it would have fell on him because he didn't correct his people. So it's the same thing with this. It says to the angel of the house. And the first next thing he goes to say is, I know everything. See, sometimes we tend to forget that God knows everything that we have in our mind. God knows everything that we're dealing with and the things that we battle with. And sometimes he allows us to go through it to see how we will react to it. And we tend to forget that God knows everything. So we think because we still come to church and we're comfortable and to everybody else, they see us as a good person and they see everything is going and flowing. We think God is even, he put a blindfold onto what was going on on the inside of us. So we like to forget about what's going on on the inside of us. We like to know as long as we can dress this up and look good to everyone, that no one will ever know. It don't matter what anybody else know, but just know God knows what you're battling with on the inside. So the things that you deal with as far as anger, depression, bitterness, uh, being mad at someone or holding grudges, all those different things that you hold on the inside of you, God sees it all. 
your comfortability, even though you feel like you haven't sinned, you have. And the next thing he goes to say is, I know people know your reputation of being alive. See, that was my example about the worship leader. See, to everybody else, they see her as somebody that was on fire for God. There couldn't be nothing going on in her life that was wrong because she was lifting up God's name. She looked like she's serious. She lifting her hands. She giving her all. She just ushered. Oh, my gosh. She made me cry. So everything in her life looks perfect. And as Christian, we have got comfortable with coming into God's house, putting on a reputation that we're alive and everything looks perfect in our life. That we got it all together because they don't see what you're dealing with on the inside of you. So as long as I can dress it up and cover it and hide it, I'm alive. See, some of these people in the mega churches, they can, they get on the stages every day and some of us listen to everything that they say and we believe in our minds. Oh, they're, they're great. They're doing awesome. But we don't know what they may deal with on the inside. So as Christians, we come into our houses and our being and we sit there and we become Christians and we become comfortable with our situation. Well, I'm not doing no sin. I'm not going out partying. I'm not doing this no more. So I'm lined up with God's word. So... I'm doing all right. And we become comfortable with that position. And we think that God can't see nothing that we're doing. See, to our families, we can seem like we got it all together. Even to your husbands, even to your children, you can seem like you ain't got nothing that you're dealing with on the inside. But see, God says, I know everything about you. So I know when you go in your room and you hold the pillow and you're crying and nobody hears you. Or when you go in the shower and you're crying out to me because you're dying on the inside. And that's when he gets to that part where he says that little bit of faith that you're holding on to. You need to strengthen it because you're about to lose that too. See, when we get in this comfortability with our life, we hold on to this notion, well, I ain't gave up all the way yet, so I'm doing okay. I'm holding on a little bit. But see, what you fail to realize is when you're not attaching yourself for the growth and the blossom of God, that little faith you have is about to die. That's why you feel like every wall is caving in on you. That's why you feel like everything that you give is not enough. Because that little bit of faith that you got left, the enemy is about to steal from you. See, if I come to you to tell anything, it's time to go into the enemy's camp and say, I'm taking back my love. I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back my peace of mind. I'm taking back my marriage. I'm taking back my children. We lose sight of that because our comfortabilities, it covers us up. We forget that little bit of faith. We need a little push. So that was a promise. She had to push her way through. So what did she do? She got the word of God to align her up with what her job was in the church. See, it wasn't by chance that God began to give me podcasts to teach me how to work in youth ministry. See, because if I would have just let it go and be like, I don't know what to do anymore. These kids getting on my nerves. I don't Oh Lord, I don't know how to deal with them. Too many personalities, too many attitudes. I'm about to give up. And see, if I did that, then to them it just looks like the church has failed them. Yes. 
the church has walked out just like everybody else in their life that cared walked out on them. But see, then God began to give me podcasts to listen to. This is how you enhance it. This is how you reach them. This is how you target this. Because it built me up so that I can press my way through. It's take back what God had ordained for me. It's time for us to press our way through and stump on the enemy. We give the enemy too much what he don't deserve. We allow him to think that he has the ability to steal our joy from us, steal our happiness, steal our marriages from us, steal our families from us. And it's okay because we become comfortable with that position in church. Well, that's what God must have desired for my household, for us to be in this struggle. God must have desired for me to feel like this because it hasn't been taken away yet. But have you pressed yet? Have you got down there and pressed? And see, this is a warning because of the simple fact that he's trying to let them know, y'all got to wake up. Wake up. It's time to go back. See, you knew the very thing when you had an encounter with God. See, nobody can tell you about your first love. Nobody can tell you about how God moved in your life. What convinced your heart to run to the church? Nobody can tell you about it. Because when God moved, it was something that was different in your heart. It was something that turned deep in your heart. You might not even been sitting in church when God moved on you. But it was something in you that clicked, that let you know I had to have this. And when you felt it, you loved it. So that made you have a desire. That's why people, when you see new people that become Christians, they run into church with their notebooks and their Bibles because they don't want to miss nothing. How many of y'all still running in to take a note? <laughs> How many of y'all still running in to get to know everything about God? I can't miss Bible study. I don't care what you say. When I got to go, I got to go to Bible study. How many of you still have that desire? He's trying to tell them to go back. You have gotten away from what you loved. Because you have let the cares of this world cloud your mind and allow you to become comfortable. I give a little something. I show up when I can. I'm, I'm there at least on Sunday. That's all that matters. It's not a, you don't see it as a priority no more. Because the sin that people talk about the most, you're not committing. So you feel like you're lined up with God's word. But he simply told him, wake up. You don't meet the requirements that God has given to you. And most people think that requirements is just the simple things. No, he's telling you that the way that you're sitting in your life right now and your comfortability, you're out of line with God. You're about to miss the gates of heaven. Because the desire that he has for us is to always elevate and always grow. So there should always be a desire to press more, to press higher, to go higher. But we find ourselves in that comfortable position where we don't want to move. If people don't accept you of what you're trying to do in God's house, you got to realize it's something that's in you that you need to wake up and keep pressing. When they see the dedication and the commitment and the consistency of it, then God will allow them to move on their heart and change their minds of you. But we give up too easily. When we're denied, we say, oh, well, okay, they're not going to accept me, then that's all right. So we allow people to allow us to become comfortable in God's house and allow us to fall out of the requirements to be in God's word. We have allowed.
allowed other people to dictate how we will serve God. Because we don't line up with the requirements. And we find ourselves out of whack. He's saying, get up, wake up. How many times I got to tell you this? Wake up. What are you going to do different? Are you really going to step out on faith and believe me? And see, that's a hard thing for us. Because I'm comfortable right here. I'm safe right here. I don't have to give up my all. I still have reins on what's going on on the inside of me. I have reins of it. I, I have controls of it. I have learned how to suppress it and accept it. So that comfortability keeps you trapped from your growth that God's trying to pull out of you. And that's a way people can keep you trapped too. Because they know that it's on the inside of you. Because some of us will go and open up the people and they'll sit there and play on it and poke at it and poke on it and poke on it. Instead of opening up to the right one. Instead of crying out to the right one. We find ourselves in that position over and over again. But God is saying it's time to wake up. Because guess what? The ones that have stayed true to my word, I, I'm already signed their names. I already told my father, I'm going to let him know those are mine. Yes. But if you don't wake up, I don't know. Hey, I gave you a warning. I gave you a warning to get it together, to line yourself back up. No matter what nobody tell you, you got to keep pressing. Because guess what? favor show up on you they can't deny you you got to keep pressing because when that favor come they won't knock you down just keep pressing you got to keep going stop giving up stop allowing people to allow you to get out of God's requirements even as you stop giving up no matter what's around you no matter what people are doing I say it all the time stop giving up Press your way through. Can't nobody stop you. That's favor. When God's favor is on you, you keep pushing. You keep pushing. When they tell you to, oh, no, you ain't going to be nothing. Keep pushing. Because God's favor is on you. And what he puts before you, nobody can. And that's when God took me back to my favorite scripture. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. So this week I got busy. I started pressing my way through. I started praying. And people was like, Miss Sharon was worried for me because I said I was fasting. But God called me to a fast because I had to line myself up with God. I had to get back to my first love. I had to cry out to him. And that's when a worship song came on my heart. And the young man said the most powerful thing I ever heard. He said, Jesus, you don't owe me nothing. And we find ourselves out of that. We think God owes us something. You don't owe me nothing, Jesus. You didn't kept me this long, Lord. You didn't kept me up, Lord. When everything else was about to fall under my feet, you let me hold my head high. Get back to your first love. Find that moment when you fell in love with Jesus. That encounter that he worked on your heart, that clicked on you and nobody can remove it. You know, when you were first Christian and everybody's like, oh, you going to go back? And you're like, no, nah, man, you don't know. It was a different feeling. You don't understand what I felt was something different. That's that feeling you got to get back to. Where nothing that anybody say to you, no, you just don't understand what it took in me. You don't understand what he brought me through. You don't know when, I, when everything 
for me. That's what it is. Getting back to who he is and keeping that fire burning in you. No matter what the circumstances take you through, that means it's oppressing. You got to press your way through the spirit because that means when you go to a higher height, the test get harder. So if we keep failing on this ram, we ain't never going to see the full victory of God on this land. But we got to keep pressing because he's trying to take us higher. But we keep falling ourselves back into the same positions because we're afraid of the things on the inside and truly letting go. And not realizing we need our first love. We got to have that encounter with him. And the reason why I call him his first love, because that's the first time you ever really felt love. No matter how much your parents love you, no matter how much anybody tell you, our boy, girl, husband, wife, it's nothing like Jesus's love. Because what he does on your heart is something different. So that's why it's time to get back to that. When you were excited to be there. When you were excited to be in his house, nothing in this world can turn you away from it. Those things weren't important no more. We got to find ourselves way back because we get too comfortable. And we want to see the growth in our life and we want more, but we don't know how. But I'm telling you today to press and let the enemy know you won't steal anything else from me. I can't stay in this place because I know I've been delivered out of this place before. So God, I, I just need you to remind me of who you are and forgive me for asking you to remind me when you have been nothing but good to me. But God, my faith is a little shaken right now, God. I just need you to step in and show me who you are. And that's not talking about no financial blessing. That's talking about the emotions because God can give you any financial blessing. But if your heart and mind don't get transformed, you'll find yourself in the same place. Take me back to that place, God. I need to feel that feeling in me where I knew you loved me. Because everything around me tells me you don't right now. And we hate to admit that, but sometimes we find ourselves in that position. God, why did you bring me into this? God, why does it feel like you don't love me? You don't care. But that's what he's talking about. That little bit of faith you got. It's almost dead too. Because what is the biggest thing? We talked about this before. Love. Once you feel that love took it away, you forget who your first love was. And guess what? Your wife, your husband, your parents, nobody can feel it. Because it's something that he does when he moves on you. See, I don't know about you, but when you get, the, when I pray and I feel that warmness come over me and I feel like I can't even breathe and I begin to cry, it's something that no one can take from me because it's like everything in my life is at peace. And if I lose it, that I know, oh Lord, I'm doing something wrong. I got to get back to it. And that's what he was trying to tell the church, get back to it. It's time to find him again. And it's okay to find yourself in that position because sometimes it's going to be a different feeling you get. It's going to be a different emotion that he releases into your life. So when you begin to feel comfortable, know that, okay, it's time for me to go a little higher. There's something that God is calling me to. So it's a new motion that I'm going to with the Lord. It's a new debt we're going to in our relationship. It's just like when you get married. You date first, you go on a couple dates, you realize if you like the person or not, 
then okay, you like them a little bit, so you date them for a couple years maybe, maybe a year. Okay, now we engage. It's a process, it's steps. A lot of us are still just dating. We're still dating with God. Because we haven't get to that step yet where we can even be engaged. Some of us may be engaged to God right now, but then we stuck right there. You know them people that be engaged for like 10 years? And you be like, why y'all married? Why y'all ain't got a money? What's going on? Some of us still trying to figure out if we like the person. We still trying to figure out if we really like God. So we engaged to him for 10 years now. Instead of just taking a step and getting married all the way. And when you're married, that means I'm willing to give all that I have. So once I'm willing to give all that I have, I can know, okay, I'm in this moment. Okay, I feel this coming on me. It's, this is a heaviness. Okay, I need to press this season. It's a season of press because, you know, heaviness is coming on me. So I got to press because something's trying to, that means God's trying to bring me through something and the enemy's trying to fight me against it. So I got to press against it. I got to press my way through this. I got to pray my way through this. I got to find my word of God through this because the enemy see what God's trying to bring me into. So I got to press. But we can't recognize that. We let the heaviness overtake us. And see, when you let the heaviness overtake you, you feel like everybody that's in your church family is against you. <laughs> you feel like they all got it out for you. You think they all got something to say about you. They all against you. They ain't got no good for you. They don't want to see you prosper. They just hating. They hating on me. They don't want to see nothing good in me. Or even when you get on your job. You will even allow the people in the world to affect how you feel because of the heaviness. Well, God, you couldn't give me this position for that reason. But all this hatred going on. Instead of realizing it's a heaviness. So I got to press through this. It's something trying to attack my spirit because God's trying to take me somewhere. He's trying to do something in my household. He's trying to do something in my marriage. And see, for the married people, that's what, that's what it means. When, when attacks start coming on your marriage, that means it's a heaviness that's trying to overtake. See, the, God is trying to take your marriage to a new height. But because you can't see it and you think that we just arguing for no reason and we just got to bicker about everything, you can't realize the enemy's trying to steal what God's trying to bless in your marriage, where he's trying to take you. So you accept the heaviness. You accept the argument because he ain't finna talk to me like that. And she ain't finna talk to me. She got me messed up. When y'all start getting in trouble in school, it's a heaviness. It's a shift in the atmosphere. As young people, God can begin to move in your life too. Even in your house, when you start getting in trouble by your mom and dad and you don't know why you feel like you're being attacked, that's your time to press and pray. When you know you ain't did nothing wrong, they just got an attitude with you, you press your way through that. You pray your way through that because the enemy's trying to attack you because he know that God is trying to release something in your life. So if you can become disobedient to your parents and not do what they say, then guess what? He has won the victory. But as young people, you guys give up. You don't press. Take back your authority. Take back your praise. Take back your worship. Yes. I don't care where I am. If I hear worship, I'm worshiping God. Because 
I know what he brought me through. I ain't got to tell y'all. Y'all see me go through it. And people always ask me, how did you hold your head high? Why are you still smiling? Because I know what kind of God I serve. And I know he didn't give me a spirit of bitterness at all. He didn't make me have to have a heartache or nothing. He delivered me from all of it. So why am I look like I'm crazy? I can shake the man here today with no problem. How you doing, brother? It's funny because he even called me to pray for him, and I pray for him. Because I know what God brought me through. And I don't have animosity in my heart. Because I got to realize where I love and where God took me from. When you find that place, you'll find where God moved in your life. It becomes easier to make it through these storms and these seasons in your life. We hate to believe it, but they're seasons. And in this season, God is saying it's a pressing season. Because the way you press now is gonna dictate how your year will start off. Ooh, I didn't even write that in my notes, so you know that's God. The way that you press now is gonna dictate how you set your year off. So if some of y'all got some things in your mind about what you want, y'all better get to pressing. Them plans that God then laid for y'all and y'all been praying about, you better press. Because it's going to dictate how God is going to take you. But he want to see who is real in this season. Who's going to go back and realize who God is.